open our Bibles up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to um, in our time together there and take a look at uh, Spirit and some things around the Holy Spirit uh, that, that give us a, a view into, if you would, um, uh, His roles today. So last week we looked at His role in Revelation and Inspiration. Um, uh, we'll take a quick overview of that, um, and then we'll jump into our time together today uh, on his roles uh, in day. Um, so, last time we got together, we saw that his roles, um, we looked at those as it pertains to where people pursue truth. We saw that there's a thing called general revelation, um, which is really natural revelation. Um, it's looking at things out there that, uh, um, that God has, uh, that we can see and touch, and trying to discern what, what it means, observation experience. Uh, there's a thing called mysticism or relative truth that is about trying to figure out what it what is from within, really. And we call that mysticism. And then the last one here is about special revelation or um, revealed truth. And, and revealed truth comes through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is God's um, uh, method to be able to uh, communicate uh, Knowledge or truth that never existed before from mankind's perspective to mankind. And so that happened in lots of different ways. So it's really looking to God for answers. Wouldn't have been known otherwise. Some amazing examples here. And, and it's wrapped up in, a, in, in the skin of what we call the Bible. Um, we saw that revelation um, versus inspiration. Uh, revelation is talking about the, the method. Um, excuse me, the material. Um, the material that's that's communicated is is the revelation of of truth. So the material is called revelation. The method of how that actually is done is what we call inspiration. And inspiration literally is the idea of um, like a, a ship um, and uh, a sail and uh, wind that goes into the sail that moves that ship along is the idea of inspiration. That's, that's, a, that's probably a good picture of it. Um, and it's, it's literally the, that men were moved along the way God wanted them to be moved, using their personality, their boat, <laughs> using their hand, using their thinking, but, but he moved that, thinking, that, that, uh, that revelation along through what we call inspiration in a, in a person. Paul, whoever, and they wrote it down, and that writing it down was uh, using their personality without error in the original autographs. Um, we talked about all scripture, no matter which book, which verse, which testament, um, all of it is uh, inspired by God. So every, every single word, every verse, every part of it is, um, has come to us through inspiration, by God, and, and He is the one that did that. Okay? Uh, we talked about channels of revelation in the Old Testament, the, the prophets. Um, in the New Testament, there's the New Testament apostles and prophets, and uh, the, 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 the means by which that happened is, is the Holy Spirit. Um, talked about methods of revelation, spoken word. Uh, we talked about the fact that God spoke, and we talked about how many times in the scriptures that, that we see those kind of, that, that kind of language. Um, so many times, and uh, so God spoke um, to, to men. Uh, another is in dreams, good examples there uh, of dreams. Uh, others are visions, um, 
What's the difference between a vi- dream and a vision? Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, sometimes a uh, a dream obviously is you're not, you're physically here and and God brings these things to your attention through the dream. Uh, a vision is um, very often uh, physically transported. Um, sometimes um, not physically transported, but just uh, brought there to be able to see things um, that you didn't see, that you wouldn't have. Example of that is Paul take, being taken to the third heaven, vision of the third heaven. good example is John's visions of uh, the future, Daniel's visions of the future. Okay? Uh, theophanies, what are they? Okay, physical appearances of the pre-incarnate, pre-Christ coming to earth in the Old Testament. Yeah, and some great examples here. I mean, I really encourage you to read those uh, and, and see them. I mean, but for, in all those situations, the person who was interacting with the Lord, uh, the theo- God as a theophany, Christ, um, knew it was the Lord afterwards. It's quite fascinating. Imagine, <laughs> I just spoke with the Lord. <laughs> I mean, uh, what kind of you know amazing thing that must have been. So, okay, good. Uh, and then in the Old Testament, writers were conscious. They were begu- being guided by, 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 by the Holy Spirit, and they were guided by Him. The uh, New Testament taught that. Uh, Christ confirmed that. Um, its writers recognized that they were writing Scripture when they wrote it down, um, which was amazing. And then also the New Testament authors uh, collaborate or communicate back, you know, Peter about Paul, Scripture, and lots of different ways to, to, collect, to corroborate um, that... Um, their writing was uh, revelation from God. Okay. All right, good. Well, let's move on to his roles today, and we're going to begin our time together looking at baptism. Baptism. There are five roles today, of which I'll probably, there's probably six maybe in total, but uh, we're going to go through these and um, talk about how the Holy Spirit uh, interacts with us today. And the first one is baptism. So you're at, you, you've moved in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, verse 13, would somebody read that? By one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Okay, all made to drink of one spirit. Um, Baptism uh, has three dimensions to it. One is a death, two is a burial, three is a resurrection. So when a person is, quote, baptized... Baptize, baptize means to uh, immerse or to dunk or to uh, um, to take underneath something. Yeah, yeah. It's just exactly this thing. It's like to go underneath and then to come back up again underneath something, right? I mean, we know about water, right? But uh, this verse here is not talking about water. So there is water baptism. Okay. But what we're talking about here is what we call spirit baptism, capital S. Spirit baptism. And he says what about the spirit's baptism here? What does he say by this verse? <clears throat> First of all, that there's one spirit, right? What else? Okay, one body, uni- unified. Okay, all been made to drink. And he says that we were all baptized, right? So all believers have been, quote, joined into this body of Christ through a baptism that's taken place. And this baptism has been done by the Spirit of God. 
So I didn't do it. Another pastor didn't do it. But he says, we've all been, quote, made to drink of one spirit. Anybody got a different translation there? Made, all got made, made to drink uh, of one spirit or into one spirit. Good. So the, thing, the key thing here is that all those who are believers have been made to drink. Is the idea of making to drink something that I kind of did myself? Made to drink is the verb that speaks of something being done to me. Follow me? So it's not something I did to get into the body. It's that it's being done to me by the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God literally takes people and He makes them drink uh, of the Spirit uh, to be into one body. So He is the one, the Spirit is the one who baptizes and and this here, this water, is quote, the body of Christ. So he makes us drink and become a part of one body uh, of Christ. So we're going to find out from, from uh, our, our passages this morning that that happens at a moment in time. It's, it happens at the moment of faith. When one becomes a Christian... When one becomes a believer, because we are in Christ, and so He does this um, thing at the moment in time when a person comes to Christ. So it's un- it is unique to the church age. It is unique to the church age. Uh, it brings believers into union with other believers in the body of Christ. So this very act uh, causes unity to exist. It brings brings together into one body. So one spirit brings into one body uh, all believers as a result of this act of, of spiritual baptism by the Spirit of God. Okay, And what we're going to see next is it's performed by the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts 1.5. Acts 1.5. Somebody got that? Go ahead and read it. Acts 1, verse 5. Okay, so he he makes this promise that John John baptized with water, but there's coming a time, very not very many days from now, okay, that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one to baptize you. So John's baptism is going to be no more. Holy Spirit's baptism is going to come, and it's going to be the the next thing that 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 takes over. And so uh, this is a promise that the Lord gives that the Spirit of God's His baptism is going to come. Okay, good. So it's performed by the Spirit of God. Okay, Romans 6, 3 through 5, and Galatians 3, 27, 28. Let's go to Galatians 3, 27, 28 first. Galatians 3, 27, and 28. Somebody got that? Uh, Start with 26, if you would. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, hold yourself with Christ. Uh, to twenty-eight. For there is near, there is neither Greek, there is neither slave nor free man, male nor female, are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, th- these verses are not talking about roles of people in the church. Okay, so let me set the stage. It's not talking about ro- roles of women, roles of men in the church. What is it talking about? Community, and it's talking about back to twenty-six. All those who have what? Faith in Christ are part of one body, are be, have become 
you know, sons and daughters of Christ. So this very act that's being communicated in verse 27 of baptism into Christ or clothing yourselves with Christ is the very act of the Spirit of God doing what? Bringing, adopting at a point in time people who were not children of God to become children of God. Follow me? So it's the very act that makes that transition from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, from the king, from from not being a, a son of a child of God to being a child of God. That is the very act that occurs there. Okay, so so it includes all believers of uh, all all believers in this age. So all believers of Jesus Christ have been what baptized by the Holy Spirit in order to be a child of God. Follow me? Make sense? Okay. Second is Romans 6, 3 through 5. Turn there with me. Romans 6, verses 3 through 5. Anybody? Okay, cool. So, um, what we see here is that it brings believers into union with Christ brings believers into union with Christ. He says that if, verse 5, if or since we have become united with him in the likeness of his death. The word united here is this word of um, to be implanted or engrafted. So you have a tree, right? And you have um, another branch, let's say, that you are grafting into that tree. Okay? That's this word, united. It's a word to be engrafted into, or to, um, to uh, another, another way of saying it is to be implanted into, or made to grow together into, or, or to be engrafted into. It, that's the word it's talking about. So he says, we have been made, become united with him in the likeness of his death. Then because of that, we're going to be, because we, we started here, we'll be um, united with him resurrection, life, his, his eternal, his, his, his forever life. So that's the idea here is that, is that because of this, um, this spiritual, because of the Spirit's baptism, we have become united with Christ. Amen. Okay, so last thing here is it is not experiential. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you might hear people say, well, have you been baptized by the Holy Spirit? Okay. And you can say what if you're a Christian? Yeah, once for all. <laughs> all believers at the moment that they come to Christ um, have been baptized by the Spirit. So it is not something, it, it is done by the Spirit of God to me to place me in Christ at that moment. It is not something that I pray for. It is not something that I seek at a different time. It is not something that's going to kind of come upon me at a later date. There is one baptism. Once for all, to be baptized into becoming a child of God, and so it's it's not like if I'm a child if I'm I mean, my daughter okay I don't care what she does she's not going to not be my daughter I, I don't care what she does <laughs> she will always be my daughter so once this baptism has taken place in us as as um, children of God that. That is done by by God, it, it, and we can't undo that. That's His doing. We, it's by His doing that we are in Christ, and it's 
the, the, the agent of making that happen is the Holy Spirit that does that. Does that make sense to everybody? Okay. Any questions on that? Yeah, where do they get that from? Um, they, they mistake baptizing with what we're going to talk about a little bit in a minute or two, which is, in, uh, which is um, filling. So it, it's a huge issue to understand the difference. I have a girlfriend like that. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, well these so are, She feels sorry for yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and what will happen is it'll create a, a look down your nose at because you haven't experienced this. And I'm here to tell you there isn't anything like that. Show me in the scriptures. I'll believe it. These are the things that, that, that give rise to understanding what the baptism of the Holy Spirit and why it's so jugular to understand at the very front end. It's, it's part of the self-saving experience. Yeah, part and parcel in one path. Yeah. yeah, correct. Exactly. It's not like, and it's not, when I say experiential, it also, I mean, it's not like I go do it. Right. It's not like I go do it. It's done to me by the Spirit. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, some people have... They may have an experience. Yeah, they may have a complete, a complete transformational experience, but I'm just saying it's not, some will, some won't. But this, this is... Um, this is something that uh, all believers come. When you go and, yeah, no, I, I have the I spirit of God in me, right? Or like exactly. Kind of goes through God's grid. Exactly. So the next one is indwelling, which 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 takes the. So if this happens at a point in time, okay, here, which is baptism, okay, then indwelling, okay, is. What happens from there on? Okay. You had a question? Um, just experiential, different, immediate. Absolutely. You know, like, Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing like, wrong with that. Just change it. Absolutely. It was just dramatic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know of others that haven't, you know. So it's not, right. Right. so what we, what we can't do is say that there's one size fits all. God works in different ways, you know. But, I mean, that same person who didn't feel anything at the time, but cognitively made a decision, later understands that uh, maybe they then have that experiential uh, you know, experience of intimacy you know, much later after that. So, yeah. It just it probably depends on how yeah. right. Absolutely. Like maybe it's needed for some people exactly. to really Absolutely. realize what has happened. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's, because sometimes that's given me a lot of doubt as to when I was uh-huh. But sometimes I think, okay, but I remember way back understanding exactly. things, but I really f- always am brought to this one point where things really, but I also go, God, God was this, working through that, right? But also God can also, I mean, he sovereignly has hand over your life even before you and, and when it was, but that makes sense. What you guys exactly, saying. yeah. And, and so it's not one size fit all as to feeling on, on when the baptism of the Spirit comes, but but all, all can point back to, in their past, to say, you know, that they have come to a place of, say, of, of realizing Christ's death and atonement on their behalf and have accepted that as their own. That is, that is the point in time, whether we feel it or not, that the baptism of the Spirit would have taken place. So, um, that's, that's a key thing. I, I look at this week yep. Christian yep. and yeah. transformation. Yeah. It's only oh, short yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, for him. Absolutely. And it's so neat how God, 700 people, it 
it just it depends on the people. And Absolutely. No guy wants to work in yep. person. Yep. You know, like with him, and with him, guy, yeah. to bring a lot of people. Well, well I, I'm here to say that um, that that God's uh, indwelling and His um, filling uh, are the are, are where the experiential part will will be. Really, that is where we'll. we'll so, um, due to time, let me move on real quick. Uh, Jesus Christ promised it. I'm not going to look at that, but a really powerful verse. He says. The Spirit is coming. I will leave. The Spirit's coming. He will be with you. And this is the key word, forever. He will be in you forever. So, so you can't get to this point of saying, well, you know, he, he was when we came, became a believer, and now he, the Spirit isn't, you know, in a, a carnal believer or something like that, you know. He's with you forever. Okay? So that goes in. Yes, absolutely. You bet. You're sealed. Sealed, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a key. What we're covering today is is absolutely crucial. The gift, okay? Um, not the verses there, but it says that the Spirit of God is given as a gift by God to believers. Okay. So He's a gift. If they've come, if they've if they've come to Christ, then the Spirit of God will always be in their life. Will always be. They are believers. God's going to discipline them as children. Then, if they're a child of Christ, it's like, how do you how do you become an unchild? You know, <laughs> I mean, how do you do that? Especially, yeah. I always go back to the old. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, once and for all. Absolutely. Nobody, and nobody can love them Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So the verses, yep. you know, that shows that no matter still, they still belong to God. Absolutely. Like you said, a child is always your child. Yep. So yep. we're always his child. No yep. matter where we don't belong to him. And, and what else you've got to look at it, though, too, is God's character on that. If, if he does, if one's saved, all it says is not true, that his character is... Is impugned. Things. Yeah, yes. it's impugned. Yeah. If he says, that's it, it's what he means. Yeah. I mean, whether we doubt it, that's not anything that, you know, yeah. has anything to do with it. Now, we, we can't always see that, okay? So, just because somebody says those words doesn't mean it actually occurred, okay? But, but at the end of the day, God sees the heart, and He knows all the time. So, so that's why the Scriptures do say, you know, test yourselves for see if you're in the faith, that you're walking with Him, you know? So, I mean, that's a part of the thing, too. But a person who is a believer is a, is a child of God. Been baptized by the Spirit of God. Not so that you look at that. I was thinking about that. That's indwelling. You know, when you come to Christ, I mean, there is an obligation on our part to grow, to learn, Amen. to be in His Word, to be in fellowship, to have the balance a good diet mm-hmm. as a Christian, so then we can see God in our lives. Amen. We can grow as a Christian when you aren't growing. You, it's not God. God's not the problem. Exactly. We have to look at ourselves and say, okay, what am I yep. not doing? Yep. So indwelling is about, um, not about, indwelling says that the Spirit of God actually takes up residence in us. He says we are this, the temple of God where the Spirit resides mm-hmm. in us. So literally, what we're not, what we're saying is, be, you know, he, if we're a believer, He resides in our in our souls. And, not about him getting more. It's not about him getting more of us. It's about us getting more of him. <laughs> it's about us allowing the spirit. That's the difference. Okay, huge difference. So both situations. Um, he's given it salvation. We find 
Um, a person not possessing him is an unbeliever. A person who does not possess the indwelling Spirit of God is a non-believer. Because, as we said already, when we made this clear, point in time is baptism. From then on, eternally, the Spirit of God dwells life. Okay? As a believer. Baptism of the Spirit, not water. Okay, this is two different things. And a person who is baptized by water is doing an external demonstration of what has already been an internal baptism of the Spirit. Right. Good point. Okay? He indwells carnal believers. So all believers, even those that aren't walking with the Lord. Okay? And he indwells believers permanently, as we just talked about. Permanent indwelling. Okay? Permanent indwelling. Okay? Do I got that? Okay, next is his sealing, as, as we just said, which was the important point. Uh, the sealing, we've already looked at a number of those verses too. So here we see ownership and security. Ownership and security. Um, Ephesians 4.30 uh, says, I'll read it for you due to time, but Ephesians 4 verse 30 says, um, <clears throat> Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were what? Sealed for the day of redemption. So that sealing is something that absolutely is in place till the consummation of our redemption, which is when we see God. Okay, so it's it's never leaving, never to leave, never to, to, to be taken away from us. Okay? Next is gifting. Won't go through the verses, uh, but they're powerful. I, I encourage you to do so. Um, from the standpoint of uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 11, add to this verse 7, add to this verse 14, uh, verse 4, excuse me. But it basically says that the Spirit of God gives gifts, spiritual gifts, to individuals. And, uh, yeah, verse, uh, add to it verse 7 and verse 4. Uh, he, he gives gifts to individuals as He wills. So as He desires, as He thinks it is right, He gives a gift spiritual gift to to every believer. So every believer has a gift. Everybody has been given that gift by the sovereign will of the Spirit of God um, giving that person that gift. Okay? So gifting. Next is filling. 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 Uh, Ephesians 5.18. Turn there with me. He says, Do not be drunk with wine. For that's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So there's a number of aspects to being filled with the Spirit. The whole point here is allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit. First is um, I'm up here. First is conditional filling. So uh, the fact that he says uh, the, the verb tense here is is really um, being filled with the Spirit. It's present tense with ongoing action. So it's it's the command. The command here is is if if you're not allowing yourself to be filled with the Spirit now, allow yourself to be filled with the Spirit. That's an act of the will. So that that actually is this idea of of uh, of of um, is that. We have to. I have to make that decision day in and day out, moment in, moment out. And the decision here is to allow the Spirit of God to, to, to have me think biblically and act supernaturally. That's that's what this is talking about. So he's saying, like, allow yourself to to think biblically and act supernaturally. Um, and when we do that, it is experiential in nature. 
It absolutely is the experience, because you, you absolutely see the Spirit of God causing you to think differently than you would normally, and causing you to act differently than you would normally, right? And so it's like, wow! And, 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 and the value equation that that brings in our life is one of intimacy. It's one of, like, like uh, having, um, feeling that closeness with God as a result of making those decisions. Make sense? Okay? So, not only that, but it's commanded. We are commanded to be filled on a regular basis with the Spirit of God. So that's got to be something that can go or not go based upon my will, right? I mean, I'm commanded to do it. It says then sometimes I don't. <laughs> and he's saying, like, well, do it all the time. So that's a key thing there. Um, so some commands that he gives us here in closing. Um, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Don't quench Him. And walk by Him. How do we grieve the Spirit of God? By doing everything, anything natural versus supernatural. <laughs> in the context there, it's about being angry. It's about lying. It's about stealing. It's about being bitter. It's about being, you know, uh, having potty mouth, you know. <laughs> it's about all those things. He says, you know, put those things away. Don't grieve the Spirit. And so when we do that, we do that. Back to your point of, of Paul and Thessalonians, don't quench the Spirit. How do we do that? Well, if you go to the context, it's the way we quench the Spirit is by not giving thanks, not having being in prayer, not having a joyful heart. Those are the ways that we, do, that we quench the Spirit. But when we have thankful hearts, when we have joy in the midst of the journey, when we have a, a heart that's tuned to sing His praise to other people, then, he's, then He can't be quenched. He, he, he can be allowed to what? Do His work in us. Amen? Um, the results here, uh, fruit of the Spirit, um, joy, peace, long-suffering, the supernatural things that are a part of who we are will just in, in, invade our soul. They will be how we think. It says that, that that is the fruit, quote, of the Spirit, large caps. It is the Spirit's fruit. It's not my fruit. It's God's fruit through the Spirit in my life, right? Okay. Second is, is his, we will be receptive to his teaching ministry. He says, when you're walking in the Spirit and you're allowing yourself to be filled with the Spirit, you hear Scripture and you go, oh, I need more. I need more. I can't get enough of it. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's the coolest thing in the world. I mean, I, I, I love the Word of God. I, I can't get enough of it. And, and that's, he says, how, how you'll be in your life. And you'll experience this experiential joy, unity within the body, thankfulness. And it's going to be part of the assembly where a whole bunch of these people who do this kind of supernatural thing come together. Then you see, man, the Spirit of God's in their midst. He's moving. He's changing. He's transforming people. Um, and they will be unified, and you will have a discerning ministry in your, in, in, in your body. Last but not least is is you'll show dedication to God as a result of this filling. How do you do that in, in Romans 12? It's about um, having the mind of Christ. It's about allowing your mind to be transformed from the way the world thinks. And he says, when, when you are filled with the Spirit, you'll what? You'll have a biblical worldview that will cause you to be supernaturally transformed and therefore be a testimony for Him. It's, it's not rocket science. It's like, 
It's, it's a cool thing when it happens. So people will look at the decisions of your life. Back to our discussions earlier about how, you know, why you do what you do for your grandchildren and the godly heritage you want to pass on. It's like, yeah, cool. You know, other people see that and they can't figure out why I made a decision to go there versus there. But I have an eternal view in mind that causes me to do what I do because I know that God sees all things and He remembers. That is that that's that's worth it all, isn't it? Worth it all to know that God is the one who and sees. So the Spirit of God is the one who. Back to our point here is uh, He He baptizes us. He indwells us through the journey. He He seals us with His Spirit for security and ownership. He gifts us. And then last but not least, He indwells us. And the point under indwelling is, I mean, it fills us. The point under filling is all about will we allow Him to fill us. <laughs> that's an act of the will, and that's where the experiential part comes in. Make sense? Okay. So go back, exercise the verses on your own. I apologize for the timing, but we didn't get to all of them. But it's, it's lot, it's, it's, it, this is a cool, cool study to get into and see how God, through His Spirit, has given us all the resources we need to become more like Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Father, I pray that you would take these words, cement them into our souls, give us cause for great confidence. Uh, and and uh, an experiential understanding of knowing that because the Spirit of God has transformed us to become your children, that, that you are in our lives forever through your Spirit. And that Spirit it will, is eternal and will never leave us. And that you have promised that you are the one who will do these things. We ask for that to be done in our lives. That our lives would be radiant uh, examples of, of your glory and that we would uh, shine as bright stars against the very black night of this world and be burned up for you and you only. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.